truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin are here with me as well. If you want to hop on board too, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook. Try it, I guess. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you are listening to us today via the podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, we're always very grateful for those. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz will be joining us later uh, from Conservative Review as he takes us inside politics. He is, after all, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. And who doesn't want more of that here this Christmas Advent season? And then, of course, before that, we'll have one of our favorite segments each week, Buy, Sell, or Hold, where a veritable cornucopia of topics could be addressed. Before we get to all of that, uh, a quick uh, show note. Uh, in the overtime today, for those of you that are Blaze TV subscribers, you get an extra episode, kind of a mini episode, sort of the DVD extras, a backstage pass, if you will. And we set aside a, a, a topic or an issue that we just didn't have time to get to, or maybe it's a little too sensitive uh, for, for prying eyes at places like the Southern Poverty Law Center, you know, Chick-fil-A's new pals. Uh, and so we do this extra thing for you, our Blaze TV subscribers, the overtime. And if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, Great opportunity to treat yourself or someone else for Christmas at blazetv.com slash Dace, D-E-A-C-E. You'll get a discounted annual subscription. Just go to that website uh, to Blaze TV so you won't just get today's overtime, but everything all of us do exclusively here at Blaze TV each and every day. But but today, we're going to talk about a rather um, intentionally provocative column I wrote uh, for The Blaze here today that was just posted right before we went on the air. And so you can read it over at the blaze, the blaze.com slash op-ed. All right. And I, I want to just take a minute to give you some context on this column before you read it. And we, we delve into it today in the overtime. When, when the, t- when we came out of the, the 2016 election and decided that now Alex Jones was our new conservative hero and, you know, um, people who leak secrets of U.S. troop deployments that get our soldiers killed are now guests on the Sean Hannity program. Um, when we came out of that experience, I had, um, I had, I had a, a, a blood in my mouth and, was, and, and I was smelling it. And I had had enough going through that election cycle from the primary to the end with watching my own team here take on the persona of that which I've spent my career opposing. where We're now creating low information, um, low-lying fruit, conspiracy-driven uh, sheeple. And so when when the initial story of Russian collusion and the president was spied on, my knee-jerk reaction to that was, I've I've seen this game plan before. That these are like built-in excuses. I I don't believe it. That's why my initial position was, just declassify everything, and then let's just get to the bottom of it. You guys remember those 
conversations yes. that we had at the time. All right. The more and more, and, and then I looked at Robert Mueller's resume, which up until the, the moment he took the job of independent counsel, you're going to have, it's a very short list of people whose service to the country in the last 50 years is more impressive than his. And that disdain for um, a, a certain type of, of, of content that I'm not sure either uh, there's a market for it, that, that that's what some of you want, or that's what we're willing to produce. Remember Daniel Horowitz and I throughout 2017 kept having the steak or Cheez-Its debate. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is this the only thing our audience wants because it's what we're only offering, or are we offering this because that's what they want? And you know, we went back and forth on that for like an entire year not really knowing the answer, right? And then we start getting into more and more of the claims. And I read every legal briefing. I read every indictment against Michael Cohen, Michael Flynn. And while those didn't paint a rosy picture of the character of those individuals, particularly in the Michael Cohen case, that was a much stronger case than the Michael Flynn one was. But um, they didn't really have anything to do with Russian collusion either. And so as the months went by, um, I was growing increasingly um, disillusioned by the Mueller probe to the point we just weren't even talking about it anymore on the show, as I recall, right? Correct. And this probably went on for about a year. And I, I, I didn't, we didn't really address these issues or talk about them. Uh, we just thought the truth was unattainable. And then we got to the fall of last year. And the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice, I didn't and still really don't like. Car rove in a black robe. And my initial position was, you know what, just to have Christy Blasey Ford come and testify and let's just put it out in the open and find out, right? We have yes. those conversations. And, and she did. And, and he did. And it was very clear that once you got beyond the emotional power of her telling her story and started looking at the actual facts, she had none. She couldn't name people that she had shared this with. She couldn't Tell, tell us, you know, how she even got home and why she never told her parents. I mean, the, the, it's just, you know, she couldn't even prove that she actually knew this individual named Brett Kavanaugh. She couldn't even prove that. And that was before, and then we get the Julie Swetniks, right? And I think, with, I think, I think Mr. Kavanaugh went through, I believe, seven FBI background checks by the time it was all said and done. And that experience was an eye-opener for me. And you know, there's this, there's a scene in The Force Awakens where when they meet Han Solo, when Finn and Ray meet Han Solo, and he starts making references to this guy, Luke Skywalker, and stuff. Years have gone by. Luke's been in hiding. So a new generation has emerged. They think this is just legend. They don't think this is true. Or it's or it's you know, maybe there was a guy named Johnny Appleseed that was roaming the wildernesses of America, planting trees 200 years ago. But it's, but you know, the the legend abounds. It's, you know, it's, it's the truth is far less stranger than the actual fiction. Something like that, right? It's a tall tale. And he looks at them, he says, no, Luke, the force, it's true, all of it. And I had that kind of moment with what many of you began 
a couple of years ago referring to as the deep state. Not that I am surprised this exists. I've been talking about a uniparty. I mean, how long have I been talking about as long as you've known me and been doing at least as long as you've been on this show, right? Yeah. Just degrees of separation between the moderate or the, or the mainstream wing of the Republican party and, and the, you know, small P progressives versus, you know, all caps progressives. We've been having those conversations on this show for years. But the idea that it would be this brazen and this out in the open. And now suddenly I have gone from, I don't want any part of stuff like this to I'm totally apathetic about it. And I don't want to talk about it. To now, now I'm pretty fired up about it. And Jeffrey Epstein still didn't kill himself, by the way. And I, I wanted to explain, you know, the, the word transition is being used a lot in this day and age. Albeit in clinically insane contexts. But in this case, I wanted to explain my own. Because... I'm the guy that didn't want to listen to a lot of you folks two years ago about stuff like this. Or I just didn't care. Because every time someone used these magic words, when I heard deep state, it was like listening to someone say Goldman Sachs during the 2016 primary. And and by the way, do you guys know where Steve Bannon came from? Trump said... 2016 election guru. You know where he came from? Do you guys Goldman know? Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, so, I, so I'm human. I, 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 I had scars. Scars. Okay? And so when, when certain terms and things were used by certain people, it, it was literally like just rubbing salt in wounds. But inevitably, I am from Missouri. Well, it's south of here. And you have to show me. And if you show me, I'll listen. And so you did. So I, I'm actually the person, I represent the audience of the kinds of people you need to convince about stuff like this. And you did, because the evidence is pretty overwhelming, especially now that they're just openly outing themselves. And what prompted me to write that column that's up at the blaze today is I was watching Molly Hemingway over at The Federalist, who has done yeoman's work on this and Kavanaugh and media bias for the last few years. Somebody doesn't even like Donald Trump, by the way. Go back and look at Molly's Twitter account the night Trump was doing his I alone speech at the convention. She was quoting Bible verses while he was talking. <laughs> All right. And, and, you know, she's seeing a lot of the stuff that she took a lot of heat for being a shill and a, and a Trump hack for exposing. She's seeing a lot of this stuff ex- confirmed now. And she's like, I want an apology for this. I want justice for that. And I'm listening to this and I'm, and I, I, I felt like giving her a hug. Because everything she wants, in my opinion, she's due. None of it, though, is going to occur. And if, if, if I've learned anything in this process, it's that there really, there really won't be any accountability. There will be no repercussions. A guy will just open fire, a white male will just open fire on a country music festival in Las Vegas on October 1st, 2017, and be the worst mass murderer in American history. Not named Planned Parenthood, anyway. And we'll just let it go if it doesn't fit the narrative. And even when you elect the drain the swamp president, he still won't get you any answers. Right after I read that tweet from Molly Hemingway, that tweet thread from Molly Hemingway, 
there was a tweet from a reporter at the One America News Network quoting a Republican senator saying, you know, I don't think we even need to call Hunter Biden as a witness. I think we all know how we're going to vote on this thing. Opinions are, let's, when do we need hearings? Let's just vote and get this out of the way. Hunter Biden gets away with it again. And again. And again. And again. So, what happened is you took someone who, when this whole line of conversation began over two years ago, was anywhere from agnostic to apathetic about it. And now, I'm engaged on this now. I'm an I'm activist about this now. I'm like, uh, kick the tires, let's light some fires. All right? There needs to be a Bastille storming, some asses whooped, I'm in some jail sentences uh, handed out, and handcuffs assigned. And then we lose the key. So I, I just wanted to explain to you what's just gone on with me on a personal and professional level these last couple of years. As you get ready to read that column, it's harsh. And I don't apologize for a syllable of it. If any, if in fact, if I issue any apology, it's that it ain't harsh enough. Because now I feel like I've been duped again. I felt like I was being duped when this whole thing began in the first time. Especially because it conveniently came around the time Trump couldn't repeal Obamacare. Couldn't get his wall built the first time. Right, convenient excuses. Here we go. I've seen this before. And maybe for some of the people that were peddling this, it was. I don't know. I don't know. But now I feel like I've been duped on this twice. I duped myself the first time by letting my past experience bias me towards looking at this more objectively. And, and now that I am choosing to look at it more objectively, and frankly, I'm being forced to, if they weren't so brazen about it, I'd probably still be in the same place I was before. But now they're out in the open. I mean, they're just, Machiavelli's The Prince is just doing it out in the open now and putting it online. I mean, I can't ignore this now. And now I kind of feel like I'm being duped again because it's pretty obvious not a damn thing's going to be done about any of this. We had, a, we, had an, we had a coup attempt of a duly elected U.S. president in broad daylight and not a damn thing's going to be done by that president, his AG, or anybody else for that matter. Nothing. So I just, I wanted to add some context for you before you read that column over at The Blaze here today. And so you can get an idea of where I'm coming from and where the anger's coming from and the frustration. And now here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a lesson we should have learned 18 years ago. The Pentagon has suspended flight training and other operational exercises for Saudi military students studying in the United States as the U.S. investigates last week's shooting by a Saudi national at the Naval Air Station in Pensacola, Florida. In other news, the U.S., Mexico and Canada have agreed on a new trade deal. The renegotiated version of NAFTA needs to be formally ratified by all three countries, but Congress actually reached an agreement finally on a central campaign promise of President Trump, who said on Twitter, quote, America's great USMCA trade bill is looking good. It will be the best and most important trade deal ever made by the USA. Good for everybody, farmers, manufacturers, energy, unions, tremendous support. Importantly, it will finally end our country's worst trade deal, NAFTA. The Trump campaign tweeted this video. 
On this solemn day, I'm, I recall that the first order of business for members of Thanos. Thanos is the bad guy, and he loses. A new Emerson poll of Iowa shows Joe Biden leading Bernie Sanders 23% to 22%. Pete Buttigieg is in third with 18%. Warren and Klobuchar round out the top five with 12 and 10% respectively. The same poll shows Trump winning Iowa in a general election against Buttigieg, Biden, Warren, and Sanders. 538 rates Emerson polling with an A-. The Supreme Court has rejected an ACLU lawsuit against a Kentucky bill which requires women considering abortion to be offered ultrasound images of their baby. The bill was enacted in 2017. The American Civil Liberties Union sued the state on behalf of Louisville Abortion Facility EMW Women's Surgical Center, arguing that the law violated the speech rights of abortionists. European global warming princess Greta Thunberg has won Time Magazine's Person of the Year award. Meanwhile, Megan Rapino is calling out Sports Illustrated for their supposed lack of diversity after accepting their award for Sports Person of the Year. How dare you! Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is back out there doing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stuff. Do we know how long puppies are allowed to stay with their mothers after a dog has given birth? I don't. Uh, Eight weeks. Wow. So the market has decided (laughs) that women and people who give birth deserve less time with their children than a dog. A male teacher in Michigan is under investigation after he reportedly ripped a Women for Trump pin off a 16-year-old student. 16-year-old Sadie Eargood says the teacher started it by saying he didn't like the pin she was wearing. And he's talking about the Women for Trump pin. And I said, that's fine. You don't have to like it. We we can have our opinions. Eargood says after that, he tried to take the pin from her. And he grabbed it and he pulled and I tried to push his hand away and he grabbed my shoulder and just kind of put his hand there and then started pulling more and more and I just started backing up. Eargood says the teacher took the pin off her shirt and put it on his own upside down stating that it belonged that way. And finally, someone in Las Vegas is putting tiny cowboy hats on pigeons. I guess you could call this foul play. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> oh, you've got a future doing the 530. Couldn't, you're, not, you're not handsome enough to do six, with all due respect, but you've got a future doing the 530 newscast Thank in Schenectady you. when this falls through, brother. I appreciate with, that. With humor and, and kickers like that, you bet you do, right? Yeah. All right, let's, let's try to get through as much of this uh, since I gave you a, a way too long disclaimer to a column most of you haven't read and chose to lead off the show with that in a brilliant programming move. Um, let's let's go through as much of Aaron's montage. How dare you? Yes, uh, in a bullet point style as we possibly can. You know, I, I remember when McDonald's, I, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, Aaron, although I actually think this was just a few years ago. So yeah, you are. Do you guys remember when McDonald's started hyping that their chicken McNuggets were now 100% uh, white white meat, you guys, white chicken meat? You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. What was I eating before? Which made me think, yes, that was my initial reaction. If If... If you're just now telling us that they're now 100% white meat and all chicken meat, what what have they been since 1985? What were they? What were they all these years? I don't know why they call it hamburger helper, Clark. It does just fine by itself. <laughs> yes, thank you, Eddie. Well played. Um, and then I remember when um, Subway 
instituted a policy when it, it, it no longer, there was a subway here in town in a, you know, not great neighborhood, but it was at the first radio station I worked at. It was the closest one. So it's where we would go get our lunches. And I walked in there one day and there was a sign on the door and it said, we no longer, we no longer cash your payroll checks. Really? Yes. Which meant if, 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 if you're no longer doing it, then that means that you were, you were. Some smack ass was going in there on a Friday, just got paid, Friday, just got paid, Friday night, right? Can you guys cash my check and, uh, you cold know, cut combo? throw a six-inch cold-cut combo, man, double meat while you're at it, and, you know, give yourself some change. That's a, Speaking of Cousin Eddie, that's a Cousin Eddie move, is it not? <laughs> totally. I thought you were doing a McIntyre. No! You're not making this up? This was true. <laughs> yes, it was true. I was blown away. That meant people were going there with their paychecks on a Friday. You know what? And while you're at it, you know, throwing a meatball foot long. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe they brought their bottles of cans back there too. I don't know. Subway, they do a lot. All right. Uh, anyway, I, although, here's what all those things mean. I had the, the same reaction when, when the first thing in Aaron's montage was Pentagon suspends Saudi national flight training. So if we're just now suspending it, guess what we were doing before? Saudi national flight training. Can you guys think of a time that, or an event maybe, that might have yeah. caused anyone to think, Saudi national flight training is a is a is a is a no go is a no fly zone. That's that's a that's a problematic pursuit. Can you think of anything that might have caused or um, a precedent that might have anybody say you you, eh, you maybe not ought to be asking a different question? Oh, I see what you did there. Indeed. Do you think the training videos are just like the skyscrapers on fire and then a scene of Borat going? Yes. And, and, you know, I, I look forward to whoever will give the eulogy at the uh, three soldiers who were killed there that, um, I'm, I'm, and make sure that, that will make sure to memorialize them in the name of the military's diversity program. Um, the trade deal. You guys know I'm not a NAFTA fan. I don't think those were a good deal for America. Now, I've not had a chance to look into the particulars of this deal yet. It's the best. Okay. I, yeah, I can't really find but, details, but, but it's just the best. But, but in defense of Trump, it would not take much to be better than NAFTA. So I, I got to think when he says it's better than NAFTA, I mean, that, that's, that's the better, that's, that's better than Hillary when it comes to trade deals is NAFTA. I mean, here was NAFTA. We send you our jobs. You send us the illegals. It's airtight, man. That, that's I that. Check. I mean, I mean that, that. That's not what it literally said when you read it. Okay, that, but that's that's pretty much how it turned out. We send you the jobs. All right, we close down Willow Run, like where I grew up in Michigan, and places like that. All right, we close down our assembly lines and 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 our manufacturing jobs, and 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 you you send us your undesirables, unemployables, and then one of every eight of those people will be good gardeners or something. That that that's 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 what that's what NAFTA was really. Right, I mean, am like I, I, said, am I wrong? Like I said, airtight. So, so when I, I, I don't have to read it to know that it's a better deal than the NAFTA. I, I, I will guarantee you it is. In fact, if it just is nothing, if it has no details, if it just said we're just not going to do NAFTA, and we don't know what else we're going to do next, 
it would already, that buy it in and of itself would be a better deal. What I find fascinating though is, I don't know if you saw this news, McConnell has announced. So Trump has been leaning on the House over and over again. I want my deal, my trade deal. I thought there was no way he'd get that trade deal from them. And I was wrong, which goes to show their impeachment. Here, here's, what, here's what the House passing the USMCA yesterday has to tell you. Here's, here's what it, here's, you want to know what it really means? I'll give you the Kevin Nealon subliminal man translation for you. Their own impeachment polling sucks. That's what it means. That they, have, that they were cornered. That he had them by the short hairs politically with, hey, I've, with a popular piece of legislation to a base of people that he took from them and they need to have back. And, it, and, and those people don't give a wit about impeachment, impeachment. They don't care. I, I want, give me my job. Keep my job. I don't care about the rest of this. So the fact he got that, the, the House to go, the Democratic House to do this indicates their impeachment polling is bad, that they felt like they needed to put an accomplishment up there. But then McConnell said yesterday they're not going to take it up in the Senate until after the impeachment has been done. So it'll be fascinating to see if Trump thinks that's okay. Because if we've learned anything, he just pretty much takes whatever Mitch McConnell shovels his way. He's just, he's his female dog. He just does his bidding, hires his wife, just does whatever McConnell wants. So my guess is he'll be waiting longer. Um, why, why, are, why are you branding yourself as an intergalactic warlord who killed half the life in all the universe why why are you doing that who whose idea was this on the trump campaign hey you know what the utes will like and, and can you give me give me names i want to because i want to make sure that when the 2024 caucus cycle begins and people start coming around i want to feed their names to the candidates i don't like yeah you should look at these people and not and, and make sure the candidates I do like don't ever hire those. You know, you could have just replaced yourself with the same exact thing, gone to the end of the movie, and made yourself the Iron good guy, Man. Tony Stark, Iron Man, who, by the way, is the billionaire savior of the universe. Do I have to do everything? Play everything! Can't. You have a billionaire, a freaking billionaire savior of the universe who snaps his fingers and the same thing happens and all the bad guys go away. No, no, let me, I'm Margaret Sanger because that's who Thanos is, Margaret Sanger. I, I, do I have to do everything, guys? Everything? Did you see Don Lemon's reaction to this? Oh, no. <laughs> of course not. But that's, I, if you want to know why, whether it's a good reason or not, I think it's that. Because most people really aren't going to get lost in the the Avengers do's and don'ts and he's just trolling them. I I still agree with you, but I think that's at least probably why. Wouldn't a better troll oh, there's, to be the, yes. be the billionaire savior of the yes. universe who snaps his fingers and the same thing happens, but all the bad guys go away? Wouldn't that be I, it? I'm not. You're of course right, but he, you know what he thinks about cable news. The Emerson polling of Iowa, it is a highly rated pollster. Iowa can be a sticky wicket to pull, though. I did go back and look at what their final numbers in Iowa had in 2016. In the Democratic race, they were way off, by the way. They had Hillary winning by eight. 
she barely won. Kind of just, they gave it to her basically because her last name was Clinton. Uh, and But they did nail the Republican caucus. They, they had Cruz and Trump uh, essentially tied, one point difference, but within the margin for error and Rubio not far behind. In fact, their final numbers of Iowa in the top three are pretty close to what happened. They just didn't have the right order. Okay, so um, that's at least, you know, with, with, with those numbers that are in there, that's at least a trend line that I think is it, it's worthy of taking note of and then seeing if, you know, if other if, if there's any other future polling of Iowa that comes through. And what it kind of what those numbers tell you is that the Buttigieg surge has leveled off, um, that he's peaked a little bit. Um, I, I would have to go back and look and see where Biden's numbers are at in that poll because he's been polling right around that number uh, in most of the Iowa polling, except the local polling. He's been really bad. If you look at the polling that Iowa State and Iowa have done, and that those have been the worst polls that for, for Biden in Iowa. But on it, but the, when the national companies come in, that's about where he's been polling. That's a little that's that's higher for Bernie Sanders than probably a lot of people anticipated as well. All right, we're up against the clock. We're to come back with some buy, sell, or hold. Let you take over the program because you know Aaron didn't do any work. He just mm-hmm. left it up to you. He outsourced that work. All right. So we're going to find out what you want us to talk about next. Stay tuned. You know, in America, it's estimated millions of us right now are struggling with what's called chronic pain. That's too much inflammation in the body. And if that's you, relief could be just one website visit away. When you go to relieffactor.com, get the three-week quick start, find out if this is the solution you've been waiting for, and call their bluff. They offer it to you at that quick start way below cost, just a dollar a day. For three weeks, 1995 for three weeks. What do you have to lose except maybe finally, hopefully the pain? I know I, I was skeptical too. You know, I'd, I'd come on here as a guest uh, on other Blaze shows before our show came to the Blaze. And I'd hear the host rave about this product. And I'd be like, man, can it really be that good? Earlier this year, they asked me to try it. And the results I've seen have been extraordinary. That's why I'm a daily user of this product as well. Now, listen, if you've got, uh, you know, an illness, an injury, go get professional medical help. But what's cool about Relief Factor, if you're dealing with inflammation, is its formula was created by medical professionals as well. Physician-created doctors who can prescribe drugs even though this formula is all natural and 100% drug-free. They understand that ultimately there's a place for drugs, but the, the body was also made with the right input and giving you some healing with the right output as well, and that's where Relief Factor comes in. Give it a shot right now. They're offering it so cheap to start because they're pretty confident you're going to see results and come back for more. Call their bluff at relieffactor.com. Get that three-week quick start right now for $19.95 at relieffactor.com. And Relief Factor, of course, sponsors segment one of this week's Buy, Seller, Hold. This is when Aaron, usually as a proxy for you in the audience, will submit to Todd and I a series of predictions and propositions uh, and statements on a various amount of a multitude of topics. Todd and I will then decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? Once per week, we are permitted to put a hold on something, but if it is for any reason other than um, this is just so lame, it's beneath even our mediocre intellects, you could be beaten. 
according to the dude, uh, the dude code, beyond recognition for that. Or forced to write a 10,000-word expose on why the Webster's Dictionary chose, chose the pronoun they as its word of the year in 2019. And for me, I'm probably going to take the beating if that's the choice. Oh, hands down. Hands down. If that's, if that's the binary choice, the beating is, is beyond better than Hillary. And, and if I've got to delve into that mouth of madness. Aaron. All right, we'll start with Constantinos Roditis, who says LSU and Ohio State will meet each other in the championship, and LSU will beat Ohio State. Uh, I do think they will meet each other in the championship. Um, I think I, I think Ohio State is the better football team, top to bottom, because of what it can do and how it can disrupt you defensively. And the amount of pros that it has playing over there, including right now maybe the number one uh, likely the number one player picked in the draft who's not a quarterback. Um, so, but I also think Clemson and Ohio State is going to be a really f- tough physical game. I'm not sure how beat up Ohio State will be out of that game or Clemson for that matter if they win. Um, but I don't want to use a hold like on the very first one. So I'll buy because I, I do agree with the first half. I do believe Ohio State's going to beat Clemson. I'll sell. I'm going to be rooting for Clemson. Uh, but if Ohio State uh, does uh, beat them, I'll take Ohio State over LSU. What I saw them do to my Badgers, I mean, the, the Ohio State didn't, I mean, it was just not there. Uh, and it's the rare team in the first half, and it's the rare team who can just turn on a switch like that. Wisconsin went from a team who was winning in such a way against a team like Ohio State that it's suddenly, at least for the sake of the the banter that would have to go on, it was in a conversation for leapfrogging Oklahoma and getting in just because it was looking like just an out-of-nowhere dominant performance. And that second half, it was just, we got beat like a redheaded stepchild by Ohio State. If you can turn on a switch like that, very few teams can do that. They can. And it was It was amazing. All right, Hark the Sound says Ben Dover will get more votes for president than Mayor Pete. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Couldn't have saved this for later. Had to come right back. We had to, we had to do to this. off guard. We, hold on. We had to do this one. Number two. Uh. <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> come on. Oh, I planned it that way? No, I didn't. No, uh, but I mean, seriously, we could have at least, you know, gone with some serious topics before we went right to this card from the there, outset. There's serious know? topics. Uh, there are. Um, uh, I, I assume he means in a general election. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, bye. Maybe you should hold it, Steve. John Endicott says... These nuts agrees. Yes. <laughs> John Indicott I'm going to confession. says McConnell's focus on getting judges confirmed will not result in any meaningful conservative rulings. I, well, I think I'm going to sell. Sell. I, there, not enough. Okay. And I think we have to determine what does meaningful conservative ruling mean, right? I, and we probably need to do an entire like program on defining what that means. Okay. Um, but I'll sell. Defending porn. Uh, <laughs> I, I will sell. Um, I, I don't think you'll get enough. Um, you know, I mean, I think I, I read a study the other day. I think Trump is, has appointed now one fifth of the federal judiciary already. And he's not through his first term right now in, in terms of, of turnover. And that's, and here's the problem though. Um, how many of those judges 
are going to stop the new bad stuff. Well, probably more than if my, you know, our, our show pessimism will admit to, but probably more of them will stop the new bad stuff, right? But here's the problem though. How many of them though are going to undo the old bad stuff that was already there before they took over? And I think knowing what I do about America's law schools, I think that number is microscopic. And so this is kind of the quintessential Republican Party play, whereas my old friend J.C. Watch used to describe it, you manage the decay. You, you, you regulate it to a slower rate of growth, okay? But it, the, the decay that was already there is all still there. Um, you know, but if you, want, if you want a positive spin on that, it's, it's a defensive gesture, similar to why I voted Republican in the last election. There were two reasons I did it. One was because I just, um, as much as I detest the Republicans, the precedent of what was attempted with Brett Kavanaugh, if that was allowed to stand and be successful, in my view, they would just do it every time he tried to get anybody that was any good in government at any point at all. And then secondly, it's a defensive gesture. So if, if you're like, hey, I know these judges aren't that great, they're not, we're not, I'm not under any, uh, you know, illusion that every one of these guys is Clarence Thomas and, and Antonin Scalia, let alone, you know, Alita, Samuel Alito, okay, uh, or William Rehnquist, I get that, but at least we're buying ourselves some time here on a civilization level, okay, I think they'll be good for that, but the stuff that they've already, the, the rot that they've already installed i don't i don't see anybody that i think's going in there and tearing any of that out yeah i'm selling a lot of these judges are kind of scott walker-esque that's a good analogy you know they go i mean he he just had this thing for bookkeeping basically with the unions i mean he just could not abide that and there's a, a lot of these judges have the same kind of bias and on that kind of thing it, Meaning which we're is, nominating technocrats yeah, and they're, exactly. they're nominating ideologues and then so right? on the actually a pure percentage basis they will end up on the right side, the conservative side of things, but, but they give up the, a lot yeah, of big plays. Yeah, and because, they, because they're not play. ideologues, yes. they, the, the, the math may give you the answer you want at the end, right. but the way we got the math. The law. Yes. If they get 70% the right, the 30% yes, are killers. The, the precedents that are set to get you the outcome. Yeah. In fact, let us, let us give you an example of what Todd's talking about, because like, I don't want to just throw a dangling participle out there and not quantify it for you. Look at the Hobby Lobby ruling. So did they rule the right way? And, and, and Anthony Kennedy was still on the court when that happened, okay? So did they rule, who's, who's you know, Mr. Rain, he's the biggest rainbow jihad. He, he unleashed the rainbow jihad almost single-handedly, starting with Lawrence v. Texas, Anthony Kennedy. He was the swing vote on all of these, okay? So he voted with us on Hobby Lobby. So did you, did you get the right ruling on the Hobby Lobby case? From a certain point of view. From a certain point of view. But he wanted to make sure that it, this wasn't wide sweeping. You don't abs- have, an, have an absolute right to your conscience that we couldn't con- we couldn't impose on you later on. And go go a couple of years later. Isn't it funny when they want Starry Decisis to exactly and when they don't? That's why I keep saying to you guys, I, I know what Starry Decisis mean, and I know what its legal proper meaning is, but that's not practically what it means in our system. It means is whatever a judge wants to have happen at that time is the law, and we must all obey it. That's what it really means. Okay, and. You go to a just to prove this point a couple of years later when you had the masterpiece cake shop case. Did they rule now? Did they rule the right way in that case? Very narrow, very yes. But here's what they also said if you can come up with if you can prove to us 
that you're not going after him because you, you're of, of religious animus. Be a more clever bigot. Basically. Yes. Yeah. If you can, if you can prove to us that that you know um, th- that it would be good for the state for him to sacrifice his conscience to you, okay. But it can't be because it's clear that you've got a you've got an axe to grind. You're picking on poor Jack. Right. That's 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 what we mean by the right ruling from a terrible precedent. And this has been going on for a long time. The the Carhartt versus Gonzalez, the the partial birth abortion ruling. Have you ever read that? I have. That is a veritable how to manual, how to conduct partial birth abortion. Let me give you an example of what that is. Well, Steve, we won that case. Well, you kind of did. But but if you won that case, how come we're still debating late term abortions in 2019? Why? Because you didn't win that case. What the Supreme Court did is they banned a particular method of, of doing this. Similar to if, if Nuremberg had said, well, you know, if the Nazis had used Zyklon A instead of Zyklon B, you know, or, or a hemp noose, um, you know, instead of, you know, yes, uh, corn, corn rope. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, what, that's literally what, what the Supreme Court did in Carhartt versus Gonzalez. They said if you do this procedure in, an, in these other ways, it's fine. But the fact you're doing it like this is the problem. And so almost, I can't think of a time we won this thing on the precedent. Well, there is one. DC versus Heller. We won that one on the precedent. By the way, one of the attorneys that argued that case, you may know that guy's name. His name was Ted Cruz. That's, that's one time I can think of we won a landmark ruling in the recent era, era I should say, era boy, is that a Freudian slip? <laughs> that we won a, not intended, but true nonetheless. That's one time I can think of off the top of my head that a landmark case was won based on the, press, the premise we're asserting. Because whoever's premise is, is, is asserted in any argument will eventually win the argument. They may lose a couple of, of skirmishes or clashes along the way, but whoever's premise is asserted in an argument and accepted as the premise will eventually ultimately win the outcome. And we're always arguing their premises. We're never arguing ours. And we even do this politically. Well, Obamacare was bad because we couldn't afford it. We used to talk about that you know, when, when those debates were going on. And I used to always say, well, if we, if we were running surpluses right now, would it... If we were running budget surpluses, would it be okay to tell the little sisters of the poor that they got to pay to kill kids? Would it be okay then? So, no, it's still immoral. It doesn't matter whether we can afford it or not. What matters is whether this is moral, whether this is good, whether this is the, in, the common good or not. Not whether we can afford it. Uh-oh. Yes. But again, we don't argue the premises of our own arguments often. And, that, and, and then when we went at the court... It will be in the narrowest scope possible so that poor, how many times more has, has Jack, is that masterpiece cake guy, Jack, been dragged right back before that tribunal? At least two or three times since he won at the U.S. Supreme Court. Why? Because they give you the narrowest ruling rather than the precedent and the premise you're actually trying to establish. Well said. Uh, speaking of uh, era errors, uh, Rocco says 2000 to 2009 was better than 2010 to 2019. I, I, in what way? It's up to you. Yeah, I, I would. I, I would sell. I'm not. You know, as I get older, I li- I'm, I'm liking more nostalgic things and stuff like that. But I'm, I only like looking back when I'm not happy with my present. Right. You know, so. Um, my marriage is better now than it was then, not that it was bad then. It's just better now. Um, I really thought I was going to, you know, I do miss when the kids are little, particularly this time of year. 
But dude, they're still a heck of a lot of fun to be around now, even at their current age, even even though they can drive you nuts at the teenage years. But I, I still have a heck of a lot of fun with them then. My career is definitely doing better. I'm st- stronger in my faith now than I was then. Now I gotta I gotta hard sell this, man. I gotta hard sell. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll sell. I'd imagine it's being asked from a political perspective and granted uh, on any given moment on the show, we probably give you reason uh, for that, at least in airing what's going on. But also it's all more out in the open now. See, that's the issue. So that, yep. and that's yep. eyes to see and ears to hear. And now you're all, you're without excuse. There was, it was, you, we you had still, big leaves. Yeah, there, yes. It, back then, um, we were still marching along kind of as... Yeah, the stuff people are cons- saying about Mitt Romney now, I was saying in, right. in that era that you're talking about. And I was I was called every name in the book and everything right. else. And and it's it was just as true then as it is now. Yeah. Okay? So I think the great frustration we have now is that it is all out in the open, as I talked about at the top of the mm-hmm. show, that it is all out in the open. And in the end, I think we all know nothing will be done about it even though it's all out in the open. And I think, I think that's kind of the great frustration now. But, but I'll say this, you know, I don't know what your belief system is, Rocco, but from the history of the Christian worldview has shown that it shines brightest when things are all out in the open. Okay? When it's all right. out in the open, all right? That's when Christianity tends to do its best work is in those situations, not not in the murky corners and, you know, uh, you know, seat at the table negotiations. But, you know, um, that, uh, you know, they, they, they corner Jesus at, in the middle of the night, in the Garden of Gethsemane, but out there in the open with everybody to see right there in the temple. And he's laying down ordinance right to their face. They got nothing then. So the history of Christianity has always kind of been when everything's out in the open, that's usually when it tends to do its best work. Amen. All right. Todd Saffel says, Monday guest Chris Hale is more conservative than most of the GOP <laughs> congressional leadership. I'll buy. Yeah. I'll buy. Yep. Yeah. And I, by the way, I don't think he's any kind of a, well, I shouldn't say that. He, he, he articulated more conservative beliefs than I thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what I think Chris Hale is 30 years old and is sincere about his religious convictions and is trying to figure out how to navigate them with his prior political biases. And you know what? I got saved at 30 years old, 2003. And guess what I struggled to do? Incorporate <laughs> incorporate my new faith into my prior political biases. You know, like I talked about a few days ago, when you know the first presidential election after I got converted, man, I'm literally on my knees in my family room in Urbandale, Iowa, praying to God that George W. Bush pulls us out against John Kerry or America's over. And now I look back on that 15 years later, I'm like, what a total a-hole. Right? Like, that's what I think now. Like what a what a, what a moron. Okay. So I'm gonna offer Chris a little, I'm gonna let me put it this way. I'm gonna offer Chris a lot more grace coming out of that exchange that I anticipated I was willing to offer going in. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, totally. I think we all knew when I came in here the day of this going on, you guys heard, you could see it, right? I, had a, I, I was intense. I was ready to go. I, I, was, I was here to put old Yeller down. All right. I mean, I, I came in here like waving a pla- a, a, some incense 
and a, and a placard. Bring out your dead. All right, I, I came in here to put old Yeller down. I did not get the exchange, though, that I thought I was going to get. So I, I definitely am offering Mr. Hale more grace coming out of that exchange than I was anticipating I was going to be willing to offer going in. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, let me try to squeeze in one more here. Jeff says, buy, sell, hold, uh, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. Steve will understand what this means. Aaron and Todd will not. It's some sort of cheat that's code, That's a cheat code. It? I'm trying to remember the game that that's a cheat code to. Well, I thought it was, my, my gut reaction was Super Mario Brothers, but I don't think there's any cheat codes in that. <sighs> I'm trying to remember. Could be Battlefront, too. It's a, it's a, it's sounds a, like Battlefront. It's a cheat code, and I cannot remember the game that it's a cheat code to, but yeah, I get, I, I, Learn to code. And you did. You learned to code. So congrats. Who, who else had the spoons out? Remember the track and field on the old NES when we were kids? Did yes. you ever have the spoons out because you couldn't push the button fast enough with your thumbs? No. And we used to get spoons out so that we could, we could push the button faster and run faster? No. I hate you. Hour two is next. All right, we're back here live at On Demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. At the bottom of the hour, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us to take us inside politics. Part two, though, of Buy, Seller, Hold, brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of a competitive real estate market, a booming economy, and plunging mortgage rates, go for it. Just make sure you go in, though, with a real estate agent you can trust, someone whose track record of success is proven and vetted, someone whose knowledge of marketing in the market that you're buying and or selling in has been proven and vetted as well. And then someone who has demonstrated they know what professional courtesy means. It's a very relational process between you and your agent. You've got to see this thing eye to eye, have a rapport. The more times you get an agent like that, the more likely this thing's going to be successful rather than if you guys just don't ever click and you don't really trust each other. And that's why you want to make sure that you get yourself a real estate agent you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com, which is different from other referral places, which are more than likely and, and more often than not about finding clients for the agent. But at realestateagentsitrust.com, it's about finding an agent worthy of having you for a client. It's about empowering you, the client. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. More buy, sell, or hold. Aaron. Nathan Cotis has another list for us. The top 10 80s iconic sports event. Number 10, the Calf Stanford, the play. The band is on the field. I think that that belongs on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Sure. sure. Okay. Number nine, 1986 World Series game six. Uh, between the uh, yeah, Buckner's legs. Yeah, yes. Buckner. Mookie Wilson ball. comes yep. around, or Mookie Wilson hits the hit. Ray Knight comes around third. How about the fact that that was 33 years ago and I can remember it like it I was five minutes ago. Where, so that tells yeah. you it belongs on the list and I would put it ahead of Cal Stanford. So I'm, I, I would buy. Number yes. eight, the epic in Miami AFC playoff against uh, Miami versus San Diego. I mean, some people think this is the greatest NFL football game ever played. That was it went into the forties overtime, sweltering heat. It's often oh, been referred Kellen to as the Winslow, Kellen Winslow yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. But but what was number nine again? We just talked about it. Nineteen eighty six World Series. Yeah, I, I think ball. that's more iconic. 
and I'm a football guy. Okay, yeah. but that's that. That was a divisional playoff game in the NFL. Neither team made it to the Super Bowl because the San Diego Superchargers played in like a heat and sea of 170 in Miami, and then the next week had to go on the road to Cincinnati for the AFC Championship game, and that was like and, zero and, degrees. And is the coldest NFL game since the Ice Bowl. Okay, and so neither team made that made it even to the Super Bowl at playing that game. Well, where this was a decisive moment in the World Series, if Bill Buckner feels that feels that ball, the the Red Sox break one of the greatest curses in the history of sports. So, yeah. so no, that that doesn't belong ahead of the Bill Buckner play. Totally agree. Number seven, the catch, Montana to Clark. Now, this one's debatable because this this vaulted the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and same year, by the way, that was that was in the same year as the Dolphin Charger game in the divisional playoffs because the Bengals beat the Chargers the next week and they were the opponent for San Francisco in the Super Bowl that year in my home state of Michigan at the Silverdome. Um, this one's tough. <sighs> I'll let it stand. It's, it's an all-time enough. iconic play. You're okay with it then? All right, if the baseball guy will let it stand, then I'll, yeah. then I'll let it stand too. Okay. Number six, Pete Rose becomes all-time hit leader. Oh, I don't think that belongs ahead of either... <clears throat> In fact, I don't. Oh. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it ahead of anything that we've talked about what, in this what's list so the, far. De- what are we defining this as? Most iconic, iconic so, moments. Yeah, top ten iconic '80s sports events. Well, Fr- frankly, it was far more iconic when Bart Giamatti came out in 1989 and banned him for life. That's the far more iconic Pete Rose event. So I, I don't. I don't think it's more iconic than even Cal Stanford or anything else on the list. So I'm going to sell. I will buy because I, that was weeks in my summer i remember and this just check this is going to make us seem like old men but like through the newspaper and and keeping track of what's going on and uh, yeah but here's the thing here's the thing for me if if i can come up with another event involving you that's more iconic than that i don't think it belongs on the list and him getting banned from baseball in the exact same decade uh, in 1989, to me, but I think that's the far more iconic. But it's event. iconic because he is the hit, all-time hits leader. Agre- yeah. That's that's a good point. But even even without the banning as a standalone, I wouldn't rank it ahead okay. of any of the other events. So I will sell. Number five, Kirk Gibson home run. One of the, I mean, yeah. one of the all-time. Yeah. Jack Buck. I don't believe I can't. What I just saw. Yeah. Um, on that call. Um. And that was his only at bat of that World Series. He had been hurt for about the last month of the year and still won MVP in the National League that year, I believe. Um, and he'd been hurt most of the, the, the final month of the season. And that was the only AB of, of the entire postseason because he was so banged up. And it was, it was, it's arguably the most famous home run in World Series history. It's certainly up there with Bill Mazeroski in 1960 or Joe Carter in 1993. So you don't think I know my baseball. I know you know your baseball. I know my baseball. It's Kirk at least At least older baseball. Yeah. Is it more iconic, though, than the catch? Oh, yeah. Is it more iconic than Buckner? At least as much. Okay. I, All right, then I'll buy. You, and plus, you see it every single time. Every I single time I, I see it, that's a fly ball to right field. Like, that swing, it makes yep. no sense, but it happens. He, he, can't, he can't move his shoulders yeah. and everything else, and so he's doing this, yeah. that kind of fist bump, yeah. you know? Or, or I mean, uh, not a fist yeah. bump, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four, Doug Flutie, Hail Mary. Man, I can oh, remember wow. where I was when this happened too. This, I mean, this is this is arguably the greatest play in college football history. Hmm. Um, it, it it it's certainly on any list of the greatest plays in college football yes. history. I'll sell. It's too high relative to some of the other ones we've talked about, but 
there's some bias involved in that too. It's it's great. It's undeniably good. I will you know what? I'm the college football guy. Miami that year ended up losing five games as the defending national champions. Boston College went ten and two, went to the Cotton Bowl that year and ended up beating Houston in the Cotton Bowl. Doug Flutie did win the Heisman. But neither one of those teams won a national championship or were even in competition for it that year. So it's certainly one of the all-time greatest plays in college football history. I don't think it ranks ahead, though, of Mon- of of the Kurt Gibson home run. So I, I think you know what's weird is I think it's ranked about where it belongs, but it but it's it shouldn't be higher than the Kurt Gibson home run. So I'll sell with 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 reservations. Yeah. Okay. All right. Things are about to get set on fire. I I predict number three. Number one should be simple and easy. Number three, Mary Lou Retton gold medal. Uh, uh, I will sell because it's it, it's too high. Did we lose? Did we lose? But Ron, it, can you hear us? Did we lose connection? That was in yeah. the listen in terms of the, the no 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 it's you're. It's it that was genuinely transformational. Sell with maximum part. prejudice. No, it can't. You can sell, but sell with maximum prejudice. No. no way, it's ahead of the of the Dwight Clark Joe Montana. No way, it's ahead of the Doug Flutie Hail Mary. No way, it's ahead of ahead of Buckner. No way, it's it's ahead of Kurt Gibson with maximum prejudice. Sell maximum prejudice. Sell it's too high, but it absolutely deserves to be in the top ten. It it, it reframed American women's gymnastics. Uh, hold on, hold on. Which is a really big deal in the Olympic pantheon. You know, it's been fascinating talking to some of my fellow Michigan fans, and I asked them why you think we have a chance against Alabama, and and, they're, and the when your top line reasoning is, I think a lot of players for the team that's <laughs> yeah. better than us is going to sit out. That that that's not good. <laughs> when your top line reasoning is, it was great for women's gymnastics. What's wrong with women's gymnastics? It's an amazing sport. It these the pound for pound, these are every bit the athletes as football players, basketball players. That's not even. It's better than soccer. Negotiable. I'll give. I'll grant you that. They're amazing athletes. Better than soccer. Is Simone Biles right now. I mean, it's transcendent stuff. I, I don't know who that is. Sell so with maximum prejudice. All right, number two, Jim Valvano wins the final four. First college basketball game I ever watched live was this game. In the pit at Albuquerque, 1983 National Championship, NCAA Tournament, five slamma jamma, Houston with Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon on the same college basketball team. Dude. Guy Lewis with the checkered towel. NC State only gets into the NCAA Tournament because they won the ACC Tournament to get the automatic bid. They would not have qualified. And this is where the phrase, it, 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 one of the most iconic phrases in American modern American sports, survive in advance, was coined out of this event. Lorenzo Charles gets the, the, the you know, Gary Bender on the call. Um, oh, that's a lot. Wittenberg, that's a long way. Lorenzo Charles picks up the short shot, dunks it in, and uh, they won it on the dunk, Gary Bender says, calling the game with Al McGuire and, um, or no, with Billy Packer. Just Billy Packer and Al McGuire. They were split up by that time. Is it number two, though, even no. though the amount of detail I just gave you on that? No. So It's not ahead of the Kirk Gibson home run. And it's it's. I don't think it's ahead of the Doug Flutie, Hail Mary. So I'm going to sell. I, I'm fine with it being on the list, though. 
but I'm going to sell. It's too high. Correct. All right. Number one miracle on ice. Yeah, this is the no-brainer. Yep. If anything other than a number one and, and you would be found and uh, deported to North Korea. Well, not deported because I guess we don't deport people anymore. America first after all. So uh, kindly escorted uh, to North Korea. Begged. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Uh, we do by have the ICE something. Nazis, kindly escorted to North Korea by we, the ICE Nazis. We do yes. have something North Korea uh, related here in just a little bit. Uh, right. But first, Chris Roman says, uh, let's go in reverse. Steve will speak at CPAC before anyone is held accountable from the IG report. Oh, boy. Now Bye. this. Bye. Bye. Yeah. You drive a hard bargain, <laughs> sir. I mean, this is Wow. Todd, you got to go. My head's about to explode. I got to. I got to do some mental math on this one. I'll buy. Yeah, I'm, my mind is. I'll blown. buy. I like this guy. Solved the Kobayashi Maru. I. That's get, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Did he do it? Did he, he do did. it? I think he may. Did have. he find something that would that 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 would happen after I would be invited to speak at CPAC? Um. Here's the thing, though, is I could see the system just to spite me. Oh. Coming up with what was that one chick's name? Rebel Yell. What was her name? Um. Oh, the uh, uh, the NSA. reality winner. Re- reality winner. <laughs> rebel yell. Remember. <laughs> All right. When the rebel yells, you cry mo mo mo. I don't know. All right. Um. We can't keep our fiction from our reality separate. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. impossible. I know. It sounded good, didn't it? You, 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 is there a vast chasm between reality winner and rebel yell? Does that? It's like a massive moral downgrade between those no, two. Todd. That's why. No matter how absurd the thing is you talk about, and then you look at me and say, "Todd, you remember that?" I always thought yes, yeah. because it's plausible. It probably happened. It's yes. Yes. What I mean, you know. The common DJ names from the 70s. How many guys were named Jeff Christie, right? How many, you, you could not go to a market in the country when we were kids, turn on an FM radio and not find a music station where, the, where there was some disc jockey who claimed his name was Jeff Christie, okay? Jeff Christie, reality winner and rebel yell. I mean, that's, there were, there's, there's somewhere, yeah. okay, there's somebody the, named that and I could see the system just to spite me. Yeah. Leading, decay- leading them away in handcuffs for leaking something to the village voice or something once. Okay. In light of what, what we've been arguing about this week, the decaying corpse of Hugh Hefner is going to speak at CPAC before you are. Oh, dude. Dude. Here's, here's one. What will happen first? A screening of Gang Bang Hookers 12 at CPAC or Steve Dace will speak? What will happen first? You know the, oh, the former. Yeah, yeah that, that, that wasn't yeah. that difficult, was it? Yeah. Dang it. Nick Knack says the RNC campaign slogan will be, if you just give us the House back and we keep the Senate and presidency, we will absolutely guarantee we'll build a wall and end Obamacare. We really mean it this time. We really do. I mean, come on, just one more chance. That, I love the spirit of it, so I'm going to buy, but you left out a line. It, it, we, need, we need a 60-member filibuster-proof Senate and at least seven justices on the U.S. Supreme Court, maybe eight. Yes. Okay. So, um, but that's in the fine print. You know, that's when William H. Macy comes back and tries to sell you the undercoating, and you and you're trying to read the the fine print of the contract. That's what it actually says. They they need eight Supreme Court justices and at least sixty U.S. senators to do any of these things. But the spirit of what you're getting at, sir, is cash money, homie. So buy. I'll sell. It's going to be, you know, you can't quit us, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, that's true. I like that, too. Jacob Hibbard says they play wonderful Christmas time and Christmas shoes on repeat in the North Korean gulags. Yes. Well, I don't don't know this Christmas shoes song that people just hate. Is it bad? I'm not familiar. Why am I not familiar? Oh, I know that song. What is wrong with it? 
<laughs> Maximum prejudice. There you go. Wow. Nice. Wow. Uh, Lantern Rouge says... You're not even going to entertain that. Yeah. Yes. Voter turnout for the 2020 general election will be the lowest in 50 years. Hmm. Oh, also. I think I know where he or she's coming from. Tell me where you think they're coming from. Just giving up. Yeah. (laughs) Rolling over. Yeah. I mean, how many people are just, I'm out. I can see the reasoning for the question. Well... And and if if you're gonna if we're gonna have a campaign on, I like when kids sit on my lap, and I don't remember where I'm at. Yeah. And hey, fatso, let's do some push-ups. Versus, yeah. let me superimpose my face on the absolutely most nihilistic, mass murdering villain in the history of American pop culture. I, I could see if we're going to get six, seven months of that in a row. Yeah. yeah. I, I could see, yeah. I could see a good number of people, unless we're being invaded or the economy's tanking. I, I could see a good number of yeah. people saying, you guys, you guys got this one without me. Yeah. I, I can see that. Buy, sell, or hold this time next year instead of some, something like Antonio Brown being the most searched term on Google, it's going to be new islands in the Pacific. <laughs> Buy, sell, or hold. Um, but man... I don't know. You're gonna? Are you buying it? I'll just go the opposite of whatever you do, just so we cover both sides. I'll buy it. That okay. might be a sure sign of uh, pending spiritual revival. But if at the least they're willing to yeah. put these yeah. idols down. And see, this is now I have a, re- a reason why, legit reason why I'm going to sell. Because I, 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 th- I actually think, you know, you said something to me the other day, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. Hmm. And I don't, I don't even remember what the issue was, but I was talking about. Doesn't the lie have to be, or something can't be this dumb? There's something. I do remember what it was yeah, about. Yeah. And you said something. I think we were just we were talking off the air, actually, not on the air. And you looked at me and said something like, "Have you, have you, have you met people? Have you met people? Yes, that's what you told me. Yes, yeah. that was the line. Have you met people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it just and I just and maybe this did happen on the air, and I took it back right away. I'm like, you're right. I'm sorry. We just moved on. I don't even remember what the context of that was. And I don't know, man, I, I, I could see a lot more people entertained. Oh, that too. Yeah, and, of and course. And driven by, and you know, hey, this is, you know, this is the Cousin Eddie election. It's, this, this, we're, we're, this, Ma, this finally is the most important election of my, of my lifetime. You know, I don't want to miss out on this. You know, and parking the, I mean, I could see fleets of double wides parked out at, you know, polling places all over the country. With you know, with the cousin Eddie coming out with his Christmas list that you just so happen to have when you volunteer to go shopping for him. So I, I um I that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I could see the exact opposite happening. Me too. All right. Top ten list this week is quite a bit different than usual. Another one? Yeah, another top ten list. This one is this one's different. This one's very different. Now we, we hear on the As Steve Day show. As in bad. No, we'll see. We hear on the Steve Day show sounds once we get into your ears a lot better than we actually are, in part because of Ron and Christian down in Dallas. And on the regular, Ron, our uh, board op extraordinaire, actually pulls promos from our show of little 30-second bits of this show that are that are pretty pretty good and he has a lot of fun with that and he and Christian Christian is our call screener down in Dallas as well thank you guys for being alive you make us sound a lot better than we are they have come up with the top 10 
best moments in promo fo- form of the Steve Day Show Excellent. in 2019. So mm. these are moments that are less than less than 30 seconds because okay. there's a lot of moments where we're just losing our poop for like hours on end. But these have to be less than 30 seconds, and we're going to start with number 10. Steve Dace. And you can get all the human ingenuity you want and all the PhDs you want to line up and say, you were meant to fly. But I can promise you, after you walk out of that court with your right to fly, the minute you go to the tallest building and fling yourself off of it, believing you're going to soar on the wings of eagles, it's going to end in a splat. Because that, that's kind of what we're about. That's a I'll nice buy. start. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice start. I'll buy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's number nine. Steve Dace. Conservative media is giving us Cheez-Its because these are cheaper than steak, and the other media is offering us liver and sardines. So they do not have to offer anything better than Cheez-Its. Beck and CRTV are the only conservative media with meat on their shows you guys should consider joining together. She sent me that email on August 17th. Liver and uh, sardines with straight vinegar dressing? That's got Todd written all over it. No, Todd would consume just about anything with vinegar. He said vinegar, let's go. it's got vinegar. Vinegar. That's Somebody's a main suggesting theme. A, a business model that ended yeah. up occurring like two months after that email. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are my electrolytes right there. I like it. Nice. Your electrolytes. All right. Here's this. Steve Dace. And in many respects, nationalism and progressivism are two sides of the same coin, as Aaron pointed out. They both see the state as a supreme being. Nationalism is, hey, tell those sons to get up and stand for the anthem. Well, I don't know. I I may decide to sit for the anthem of a country that tells me if I don't want to give up my Christian faith, then you take my kids away and and make my business go bankrupt. Do you want to stand for the anthem of a country that does that to you, Todd? Nah. Nah. So that's number eight. That's like a quintessential. Yeah. Steve Day show tape. Yeah, there's some I'm mind scramble that. aspects of that one, making you think about yep. things on your side of the fence. Alienating mm-hmm. every side of an yes. issue that should be an easy win. <laughs> that's right. By the See, way, that's it, the marker for everything else. If you don't alienate everybody in the next seven, it doesn't belong. Is there anything more Steve Day show than us sitting around here? listening to highlights of ourselves and deciding <laughs> just how great they are. Uh, you do like What's more Steve you. Day show? We love us some us. Yes. Tell me more. Here's yes. number seven. Steve Dace. I wonder if I'm being used. Yeah, you are. So if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's a you problem. A general good rule of thumb in life in general is if you have to ask, it's about you, <laughs> right? Like if you have to ask your wife, how's our relationship going? That means you don't want to ask. If you have to ask your boss, how am I doing my job? You don't probably want to know. If you have to ask... The answer is usually bad, right? That's a general rule of life. Life rules. Yeah. I mean, think about it. How many times when when you had to ask to get clarification on something, was the clarification good? Right? I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I think that's an, as Rush used to call these, what is undeniable truths of life? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's our version of an undeniable truth of life right there. It's true, but I'm I'm selling. It's it, it's too high. It was I like the last one. I like yeah and, yeah, and plus, you know what? I thought you talked too much in that one, so I'm going to sell Probably, for that reason yeah. too. I think Sorry. we're getting into uh, what I deem my favorites. Here's number six: Steve Dace, Billy Joel, Neil Diamond, or Bob Dylan. Please provide a reason. Oh, I would choose Billy Joel. To me, the the song library is dramatically superior to the other two. Plus, he's in my key. Back in the day, he was a karaoke <laughs> oh, goat. Okay. No. I didn't say I was good. I just said he <laughs> was in my key. I didn't say it was a good key. I didn't say the key fit. I didn't say I just said it was in my key. <laughs> and I like blue light bulbs. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I'm selling it should be higher. Yeah. You get you get away with nothing around here. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, no. Nothing. 
everything, every fallacy, every weakness is pointed out and exploited and then trampled upon. Nothing has gotten away with around here. Nothing. Buying or selling that one. I'm going to buy that. Uh, yep. Here's number five. Steve Dace. For further note, reference, when you finally get married, Aaron, when she says, don't ask what it costs. You should always ask what it No, costs. don't ask. Todd, don't ask. <laughs> don't ask what it costs. Always be honest, no matter what. <laughs> but when she says, don't ask what it costs, that's the one you take literally, right, Todd? Don't ask. You don't want to know. <laughs> the answer will upset you. It will lead to a massive fight. When she says, don't ask what it costs, don't ask. It's More too high. marriage but, but advice. That's some that's yeah. undeniable truth right there. I think it's too high. I think I'll, I'll sell. I think some of the other ones are better. But I think that's pretty sage advice, if I do say so myself. Yeah, especially the timing of this. I can't wait to look yes. back at all of the marriage advice 10 years from now and see how Aaron has played this like, out. You've already got time. your home <laughs> entertainment system and everything all yeah, set up. That's true. Yeah. That, yeah. That, was, that was some undeniable advice yes. I gave, truth advice I gave him a couple of years back, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Here's number four. Steve Dace. The official show position is to pumpkin spice all the things. Amy made me from scratch a recipe that one of our listeners and and viewers sent me for pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, and they were phenomenal. Officially, our show position is pumpkin spice all the things. Your show position. I mean, if Aaron had a graphic for an asterisk over my face right now, no. I don't know about pumpkin spice buffalo wings, though. Pumpkin spice all the things. Pumpkin spice all the things. It's too high. It's too hot. Well, you have many better pumpkin spice takes than that one. Yes. That was fairly pedestrian by your pumpkin spice standards. Indeed. Somebody sent me that uh, yesterday, sent me an email. They bought some pumpkin spice Twinkies and asked me, remember I brought some yes. of those in a couple months oh, ago. Oh yeah, because you. Those are, phen- as Jim Rome likes to say, phenomenal. That's that, what those are. Is that what you had yesterday? I saw some some sort of no that was like it that was an egg roll or egg roll that was an eggnog roll from mm. little debbie that's really good too now that's interesting and by the way one of a good buddy of mine chris if you're listening sent me a text the other night he said dude i you i tried the pumpkin spice eggnog and it absolutely changed my life i i i, I i'm telling you it's one of the best things you'll ever drink in your life pumpkin spice eggnog don't knock it till you rock it. All right. Here's number three. Steve Dace. You'd think straight vinegar is a good drink. Yes. Do you February, need to become Catholic? You sit here, you sit here <laughs> before, is that what just happened? You sit here before oh every God. February. It's happening. The dude, the dude sits around tables. here like thumbing at his forehead like Bernie Sanders at his temples. As, as, as it approaches Ash Wednesday, there's just too many things I want to <laughs> give up this year. And that's only a slight exaggeration. You're not. I don't even know what the context is, but I'm trashing you, so I will buy. <laughs> oh, I found I find that reasoning that could be acceptable. like totally unfair, but that's a, that would be another reason to buy it. I love fact. those chaotic moments on yes. this show. Love them. Bye. Number two, Steve Dace. That list is terrible. What is wrong with you that you brought this to my program? This has been the most fun 15 minutes, I think, in the last two or three weeks on the show. We have our first confirmed evidence of Aaron's post-wisdom tooth pulling opioid addiction. The fact that he thought that this list was worthy of being bantered about on this radio program. He is he is opioid addicted. Todd, your thoughts? Well, it was worth it. <laughs> I like that one. List trolling by Aaron. Yes. It's outstanding. I just, I kind of like coming up with, uh, you know. Uh, New oh, put downs. Yeah. Yes. Post-wisdom, teeth pulling, opioid ad- addicted. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one, undeniably, uh, best pithy moment of the year, in Steve my opinion. Dace. 
Caesar thought that he was safe that morning outside the Senate too. I mean, Brutus even brought him his boots. I think Brutus was on Roman Friends the, the previous morning talking about how he just loves the fact Caesar declared himself to be God and he saved the city uh, and has a permanent standing army and they just can't get enough of this. Right? He was on Roman Friends previous morning. Welcome to Morning on the Tiber. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I don't think it belongs to be number one. I, there's a couple of these that made me laugh more, but I like I like that one quite a bit because it has a completely it has a completely historically obscure reference, uh, and which I attempt to clumsily impose on on a current political cultural predicament, and then I'm pretty confident afterwards, even though no one really truly understands what the hell these things have to do with one another. I'm internally pretty confident that I freaking nailed that. Oh, All yeah. right, so that that that's. That's kind of who we are, too. Nothing makes us prouder when we give our inner Dennis Miller. Yes. That, like, bravo. When, yeah. I, when I think I've nailed my inner Dennis Miller, for me, Yeah, I mean, it's like that, it's like that scene in It's a Wonderful Life when Violet walks down the street with that dress on, and, and uh, uh, he's sitting there, George is sitting there with Bert and Ernie, and they're watching her walk down the street with that uh, dress on, and uh, Bert the cop says, you go see what the wife is doing, right? When I think I nail one of those Dennis Miller yeah. points, you know, I usually during the next break text the wife, "Hey, what are you doing?" You're right? that you're that meme where you're in the two girlfriends and the old girlfriend yes. who's mad is Dennis Miller, and you're looking at yourself because yes. you think you're better than Dennis yes. Miller. Yes, yes. agree. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's and and that's a way overinflated view of myself. But we just spent ten minutes listening to ourselves ourselves yeah so which is 10 minutes 10 minutes longer than i think any of us have spent listening to ourselves this is the show equivalent of just sitting around and a group of guys smelling their own farts they made you that's essentially what we just did i i I was not you know yeah yes thank you they did i was about to be honest and say you know what i didn't have to be dragged kicking and screaming if you made us do it this would be another promo because then i'd be like but 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 now that you've gone there i i fully will accept the victim status i I had nothing to do i didn't i didn't the truth is i didn't even know this was coming not that i minded when he told me what it was but i I had no idea that this was coming I, i did not plan for this level of self uh congratulations uh and um uh, and and beyond nauseating um uh egotism you just want me to talk about myself yes well i would gladly do so yes but but i will i will i will not reject it though once that has offered been offered to me and put on the table so i hope everybody else enjoyed me as much as i enjoyed me yes All right, Daniel Horowitz, thank you, Ron. Uh, We'll join us. Take us inside politics here at the bottom of the hour, which is in about five minutes from now. Stay tuned here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. It is time to take you inside politics with our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend from Conservative Review, Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right, thank God. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, We did. Thank you very much. We had a good time. Appreciate that. So let's get to some of the news of the day. And after months of pressuring them along these lines, uh, finally, the president got some movement from House Democrats yesterday on his uh, trade deal, the USMCA, with the attempt to essentially override and undo NAFTA. 
what's been what's to me though well let's just stop there for just a second we'll go to mcconnell and saying in the senate he's not going to bring it up now um I'll, i'll go to that part in just a second but this first part here's what that told me and i said this to our audience earlier in the show daniel you tell me if you agree or disagree them agreeing to do this and give him a win on policy that tells me that their internal polling on impeachment is really bad that there is a that there is a group of people who's a base that he took away from them that they need to bring back, who don't give two turds with corns in it about this entire thing and want to know wh- where's my job and who's saving the job that I have. So that tells me the fact he got Nancy Pelosi to move on this indicates their internal polling on impeachment is bad. Agree or disagree? I agree basically. And Steve, imagine if. Trump and Republicans would do this on many other issues dealing with safety and security issues for which there are news stories that everyone in the country knows about, like Pensacola, mm-hmm. where you have 90, 10 issues of arming soldiers on bases of not having Saudi pilots like, you know, come on our military bases. You know, I mean, there's one thing that all Americans agree on. They hate the Chinese and they hate the Saudis. I mean, it just is. Um, I mean, you, you could pull any any of your, your neighbors, friends, Republican, Democrat, um, there are certain universal issues. And, you know, I said before Thanksgiving, Republicans should summarily dismiss impeachment in the Senate, deal with it for a day and lay out why the House didn't bring them a case and dismiss it. That's one thing you can do in a trial. You could dismiss it rather than spend a whole month on it. Instead, bang away at other countries, criminals and, and criminal aliens and national security issues, bang away on things that people could relate to. Instead, no, McConnell is not going to bring that up and they're going to give them everything they want. But we're going to have a fair trial with due process in the Senate, you know, that will last for three months. The so can we stick with the Saudi thing? Because I want to go to the McConnell and this trade deal in the Senate in just a second. But since you brought up the Saudi thing, the president has been noticeably neutered since Very quiet. the terrorist attack in, in Pensacola, the shooting that killed three Americans. And. And I, he, hasn't, he hasn't even tweeted about it one time. He has said almost nothing about it. And, and we're still sitting right now with about 2,000, I think it is, American troops, right around that number, guarding Mecca as we speak. What the hell is America first about that? What, what, what's going on there? Steve, none of us will take yes for an answer, I guess because the question is not a policy question, so we won't take yes for an answer. One of the most enduring things that Trump has ever said on a day that will live on an in infamy, it was actually December 7th, almost to a day that um, when Pensacola happened, it was December 7th, 2015, uh, 74th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. We just celebrated the 78th. And what was Pearl Harbor about? It was the one time in history where a nation state had the ability with an Air Force and a Navy to attack us. No one has that anymore. But as the 9-11 Commission said, nobody could come here unless they get here through immigration. And none of our agencies have viewed border security and visas as the cornerstone of national security. Instead, what we've done is invite the world, invade the world, invite the world, mm-hmm. invade the world, invite the world. Mm-hmm. That's what we've done. We've gotten involved. Like in the Peter Sellers world. movie, The Mouse That Roared, yeah. where that podunk country decides we should start a war with America because we're bankrupt. They'll take us over and then pay off all our debt and boost our economy after they win. Something like that, this right? This is at its core 
what Trump was elected to do at its core. So on December 7th, Trump famously said, look, there's deep hatred in these people's hearts. I don't know what what that is, but we're going to study it. And the American people, I'm paraphrasing, shouldn't be on the hook, meaning not this like, oh, vetting crap. There's nothing to vet. And we're going to shut it off until we know what the hell is going on. Now, when he said shut it off, it wasn't just even uh, – you know, military training programs from Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia. It was all visas and immigration from um, the Middle East. By the way, I have a chart out at Conservative Review, 47 predominant Muslim countries. We brought in 2.3 million on immigrant visas since 9-11, much less maybe 2 million or so on, on uh, foreign students. That's almost well the population some, of Iowa, which is about a 3 million population of Iowa. person state. I mean, yeah. And, and I want you to remember this is a guy from Saudi Arabia who was vetted. I mean, this is a sensitive military training program, and he had a very promising life ahead of him. And nonetheless, to paraphrase uh, Diane Feinstein about Catholic judges, although here it is appropriate, the dogma lives loudly in them. There's nothing to vet. You can imagine the 40,000 Saudis, 40,000 Saudis that come every year to civilian universities. What's going on there? And the president has an incident that proves him right. Another thing the president said, January 2016, on day one, I will end this gun-free zone crap on our bases, and we will have our soldiers armed on our bases. Mm -hmm. Something happens that proves the veracity of both of his promises, and we won't take yes for an answer. We have a national defense authorization bill happening right now in the Senate and House this week, a conference report, one of the few times they've done a conference committee on a piece of legislation. And one other thing, what else happened? Invade the world, invite the world. Washington Post does the story of a decade on Afghanistan being a lie and a fraud. And, and Trump wanted to get out of there. We're passing the NDAA, $71.5 more billion for overseas contingency operations. Invade the world, invite the world, and then invite them to kill our people, our soldiers on our bases without any sidearms. That is continuing under this administration. One more thing, Steve, as we're talking, this was embargoed, but I could probably say it. Matt Albans, the acting ICE director, is going to give a press conference and say that ICE apprehensions this year on the interior were down 10% because of the border crisis in sanctuary cities. We are sliding backwards on every measure. It doesn't have to be this way. But hey, baby, I got a really great clip from a rhino piece of crap at, at an impeachment hearing. All right, I'm done. Did you read my column that I put in the blaze this morning? It, it could pretty, loves the show. It, it could pretty much be summarized by that last part that you just said. And I pointed out to the audience at the top of the show before I uh, directed them to check it out if they wanted to. That when, when all these you know talks of Trump being spied on and Russian collusion started... I was coming out of 2016 and all of the Alex Jones is now our new conservative hero and, you know, guys who leak our troop deployments to the, you know, uh, to terrorists. So Americans get killed are now guests on the Hannity program, you know, all that kind of stuff. OK, and, and I I didn't want to to me, it sounded like the same you know, Trumpista, conspiratorial, low-lying fruit, lowest common denominator and just throwing a reference to Goldman Sachs. OK, so I, I didn't care. And I'm like, you know what, just to classify the FISA warrants and everything else. And if it's there, I'll believe it. Then we got into a couple of years in this, you know, and and you saw the Mueller probe go off the rails. You saw what they attempted to do with Kavanaugh. Um, and now I'm like fully like, and then, you know, in, in my opinion, they just killed Jeffrey Epstein in broad daylight. Um, and, and I'm in like total, I'm engaged now. I'm like, I want, I want tribunals. I want public hangings and scourgings. All right. 
and and the indictments, arrests, and executions will continue until morale improves. That's what I want. But in the end, now that now that they've convinced me that this stuff is actually going on and I'm engaged, now I feel like I'm being duped again. Because Michael Cohen's going to go to prison. Michael Flynn hasn't been pardoned. None of the Julie Swetnick is out there doing God knows what right now. Nothing. None of the people who or, or have orchestrated any of these things, they've been punished with book deals and ample cable news uh, contributorships. No one, so now, I'm ask, so now I'm asking myself, why should I care more about the coup attempt than the guy that, was, that they, tried to, they, they tried the coup on? Why, why, I mean, if he's not going to you know, start rounding, and, and I don't want to hear any more Bill Barr speeches at FedSoc about culture wars and everything else. Lottie freaking da. He's not, he's not, he, he's doing, he's doing nothing about any of this. Nothing it, changes. Nothing. So why should I care? You, you know, just yesterday, a district judge in El Paso said he, he gave standing to the city government to sue an international border. And Steve, the Supreme Court in July, in an exact parallel case, except it was just in California, said that the Sierra Club and local border leftist groups can't get standing. They didn't rule on the merits. I mean, even if Trump violated Congress's spending powers or Congress to deal with, it's not a justiciable issue. The Supreme Court said that. And a judge does it anyway. And they're like, yes, we'll appeal it. We'll appeal it. I mean, nothing changes. But but we have a talking point, Steve. We're losing on the issues, but he appointed 140 judges. Well, yeah, even though, you know, the other 80% are terrible. But, you know, this is what it is. The other side gets outcomes. We get talking points. Yeah, and um, I th- get- I, I'm convinced there's just a good portion of, 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 of our consumers that that is really all. The- they would rather bitch about a culture war and a coup on Facebook than actually have to confront it. I, I, actually I, confront I believe it that. And, and on an issue that Trump said emphatically and he's willing to do. Like, look, for example, Trump was willing to designate the cartels as terrorists. I don't think he was sitting in the back. Of, ha, ha, ha. I lied to the people. But. The entire deep and shallow state, that's a whole nother thing, um, you know, all of his appointees pushed back. And how many people were pushing the other way? Well, pretty much everyone associated with me, um, Chip Roy and Jason Jones and Derek Maltz. I mean, uh, Brandon Darby from Breitbart. I mean, otherwise, that was it. There is no movement on anything. You could have an illegal alien 9-11 in this country, God forbid, and there would be no movement to make a simple play that would not just be sane policy, but would crush the Democrats and put them on defense. Uh, Nothing. Nothing matters. Literally, no issue matters. I I I just think most of our consumers would rather dunk on Don Lemon and that I just think that's why most of our peers respond to that because that's that's what the market is most interested in, I believe. I don't know, Steve. I think it's 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 And we're confirmed. back to having the same steak and cheese it's conversation we had two years it, ago. I, all I, over I still again. believe if 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 all of our colleagues would, would give this over to people, they'd be outraged, but they're only outraged on what they know about, and what they know about is the show. Um it's the same thing, but I'm just saying I would be I would feel better if Trump were a hundred percent a con artist. And he was sitting in the back, and man, you're like, I really duped these people. I really don't think he's like that. He's a very serendipitous guy. He's very impulsive. He'll react to things. Um, but I think we all agree he does have intuitive beliefs. Now, he has other character flaws that will override them from time to time, but he does have beliefs. He does genuinely recognize Afghanistan is stupid. The Muslim immigration in mass numbers is stupid. The not arming our soldiers on bases is stupid. Um, but if if there is nobody pushing him on anything— 
uh, he's we're not going to get anywhere, but it doesn't have to be this way. Like, there's a lot we could accomplish under this man. These are all things, by the way, he could do unilaterally. You know that. You don't need Congress to shut down visas from Saudi Arabia. You don't need Congress to arm, um, to reverse the George H.W. Bush 1992 uh, order disarming our soldiers. Um, these are all things he could do unilaterally, but it's like I'm, I'm start- one other issue, Steve, that's important to bring up that, that proves this point. Trump gave us a gift. He said, I'm not going to resettle any refugees unless the county government and the governor signs off on it. We've been pushing for that for 10 years. He gave it to us. But you know what happened? There is no right of center grassroots in any single county. But you have left wing contractor and Soros groups spending endless money going to all these whorish, phony Republicans in deep red areas. They're not just resettling blue areas, blue cities within blue states. They won Burley County, North Dakota, that Trump carried by a 46 point margin um, because you have a bunch of a-hole Republicans there. And, you know, they're winning. They're winning on every single issue that matters while Trump is president, including the core MAGA issues. So I've got two minutes, but that brings me to the thing, the loop I need to close with you on the uh, USMCA trade deal. McConnell said yesterday, he's not going to bring it up now until they get through the impeachment thing. So tell me, you know, because Trump is basically just, he has been McConnell's female dog. He's just done everything he's asked he has taken he's never confronted him taken him on whatsoever he has spent months railing against we need this deal done and now we're not going to have it done for at least a couple months then right because we're not even going to start a senate trial till well into january so who knows how long that takes so what should what, so i guess we just sit there and just delay it for the impeachment so so delaying something good for the american worker for impeachment is bad when democrats do it but it's good when the republicans do i don't understand help me to understand that strategy here's what all of our colleagues, I believe, are wrong. All of our colleagues are wrong. They believe that we're going to have an Elijah on Mount Carmel moment with this whole Mueller, Ukraine, Russia scandal with Republicans running the show in the Senate, unlike the House, where they're going to be able to go on offense against the Democrats like this. And what they don't understand is the reason why the Democrats are losing on this, and they're not really losing, in my view, they're just not gaining ground, is because... It's too complicated for people. So the same is going to apply if you drag it out in the Senate just the other way. All the bring Hunter Biden in front. No, you say you're freaking bringing Saudis on our naval bases. That's how you put them on defense. You're having freaking sanctuaries, harbor um, illegal alien pedophiles. Are you kidding me? That's what people understand. Um, People don't understand the Ukrainian stuff. But that's the Super Bowl for all the Republicans. So they're going to push off good policy and good politics so they could have their version of the impeachment show in the Senate to go on for three months. So, again, we just it's like the end of my column today. The people wanted a show and that they went to the showman. Game recognized game. But that's we're here for a show. That's what we want. We want we want to kvetch and and bitch and moan about a culture war on Facebook and a coup, but we don't really have much interest in doing anything about it. You know what? I, there's one more thing I have to ask you about. I totally forgot about, and I've only got a minute. And I'm sorry. Okay, maybe 90 seconds. The 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 executive order 
on anti-Semitism that the president put out last night. I've seen some interesting debate about, hey, we appreciate the gesture, but we're a religion, not a nationality. On the other hand, other people are like totally fine with the wording. What's your take on that? Well, what's that <laughs> mass symbol, you know, that people put out on Twitter that like, what's that thing called? I mean, Steve, the, 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 the bigger issue, I think, if you want to talk about it, that is what happened in Jersey City yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's still very fluid. But this Hebrew um, black Israelite thing, um, which appears to have been an attack, um, which the media is dropping because it wasn't a white individual. I think there's a broader issue for Trump to push. There's growing anti-Semitic attacks in New York City which are like as bad as Europe now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and to quote a Jewish publication and someone, community activist there, not one single event out of about 160 of them in, in, in calendar year 2019 was by someone who wasn't black or Hispanic. So um, I think that's the bigger issue. The jailbreak, the, the lack of deterrence, the violence against all people. And yes, the violence, particularly black on white crime, is really getting out of hand in a lot of cities. That is the way to have a fight over a civilization issue that matters that you can affect. But again, Steve, as you said, we love the show. So even an important issue, it will be the showy aspect that we're going to focus on. Good to see you as always. Way to bring the woe and lamentation. We appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel Horitz. Happy to serve it. You bet. We'll talk to you next week. Gentlemen, quick reaction to what we just heard from Daniel. Uh, yeah, it's basically a slap fight at best. I like how Daniel talks about the way you fight. He's so on. I mean, we're talking about sports, just how we how we contest things. You talk about you know loving competition. If you really genuinely love competition, you just don't. It's not complicated. You don't do the things that the GOP uh, does. It's it it's a totally different game that it's playing by totally different rules than the ones that we want and need. To maintain a culture. I think I've come to grips with the fact, Aaron, there's just more people that want to me to tell them that we should have won and we got screwed by the refs than figure out, hey, I want us to win the game. They don't want to have that conversation where people just want to be told the refs robbed us. We got screwed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, why we lost it again, as opposed to how come we didn't actually Alleviating win it. Alleviating uh, responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is why I, I wax and wane between one of two places. Either, oh, we're so close to actually doing something for once. And the other place that I find myself in is, you know what? Let's let's bring on the communism here. Let's actually get a taste of what it uh, what it feels like so that maybe then maybe then we'll actually be spurred to do something for once. But that's where I find myself in almost every day. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow, noon to Eastern, right after the Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck program. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.